Amen. What a good song. What a wonderful song. And what a wonderful day. An opportunity for me to stand here and preach the Word of God on this Mother's Day. And unfortunately, my mom is soaking up the sun right now in Hilton Head, South Carolina. I was with her, though, uh, this past week, and that was a blessing. And as I was with her, and even today, I think back and I reflect, as I'm no longer in the house anymore, um, with my wife Sarah over there, and we got little baby Macy. But I think back, and I think about how good my mom was, how good God was to me to give me the mom that I have. Oh, I have so much to be thankful for today. So much to be thankful for. I think about that video, and this was one right here that was unlovable. And I'm thankful my mom loved me anyway. You know, when you're a child, and even today, we can take things for granted, can't we? And you can take for granted all that your mommy does for you as a little boy. And I did. You can forget, you know, you don't give her the credit that is due. All the little things she does. I thought this past week with me being uh, there with my wife, some of us, the family there in Hilton Head, stop at the beach, sit out there. And Macy, little baby Macy, loved the beach. I had her in the water, in the ocean. Oh, she loved that. And that was an experience for sure. And you know, I was thinking about it. One of the first times I went to the beach without my mom was a crazy experience. It's one of those things that gets overlooked. You see, I was one, I got to college, and I went to the beach one time with my good friend, Brad Gonzer. We were in college, and I told him, I looked him in the eye, and as he had some sunscreen there, and I said, I don't need that stuff, I don't burn. I don't burn, I'm good. I had never been burnt before, but I had forgotten all those times mom made sure she took care of that for me. And guess what? I found out very quick the next day, yes, I do burn. <laughs> Although, Brother Brad, he had my back. Literally. This is what he did. You, had, you know you got the spray-on kind? Well, I had literally for months, even a year after, the mark of Zorro on my back. <laughs> he got so close. He, I'll give you a little sunscreen on your back. He got so close, just had a line. Everything else was torched, fried. Oh, man, I'll never forget that. Oh, I don't burn. No, mommy was looking after her little son. Yes, I do burn. I was thinking about that just laughing today. All the little things that you don't think about that mom does for you. All those little things that you take for granted. Some things you see, some things you don't see. I was thinking back also this morning. And I've told this, I've mentioned this before. But I think back as a little boy, and I'd get out of bed. Sometimes I'd get out of bed too early, before it was time to get out of bed. And I remember I could go into the living room. I'd walk down the hallway, and you know what I would find every morning? I would find Mom in her place with her Bible, praying to her Jesus. I found that morning in and morning out, day in, day out, it's those little things that you feel, maybe even, maybe you're here today and you've got little children at home. Mom, they are watching. They're watching. I was watching. 
Even to this very day, you know what I look forward to doing? Uh, many times, you can even ask Sarah, my wife, we'll go over to my parents' house. I, my day off is on Monday, and I love that. You know, one of, one of the funnest things I enjoy doing is going over to mom's house on my day off because of this reason. I, I genuinely look forward to sitting down with my mom. You know why? She always has something fresh. When you are... When you are continually in your Bible, when you are faithful in the Word, when you are faithfully searching and seeking for Jesus, He's going to give you something. And I enjoyed those sit-down sessions even now. I'm 28 years old. And I sit down with my mom, and she has something special. She has something fresh from the Word of God. Many of you ladies in here, you're fortunate enough... You see, my mom's not here right now, and she's not listening on live stream. She's at service right now. She's in church. They go to church there, a nice Baptist church in Hilton Head. And so I'm not, you know, she's not going to see this. So you think maybe I'm, I'm trying to help myself out here a little bit, put a good word in. That's not happening at all. I'm so thankful for my mom. Um, she, those lessons that she'll teach in the Bible studies and those refreshers and the ladies advance... You know why it's so, I, I, I don't know personally, because I don't go to those things. I don't go to the ladies' Bible study, but I hear all the time that they're pretty amazing. She's faithful. She's faithful in the book. I'm thankful for a mom Amen. who is faithful, faithful in this book. I want to learn today from, from a mom. And we're going to go uh, into the scriptures, and we're going to learn about a mom who, who came across who met some difficult times, uh, yet the Lord worked it all out. And maybe you've been there before. Maybe you're a dad in the room. Maybe mom or some boys and some girls, aunts and uncles, grandma, grandpa. And God has been there for you in the difficult times. There was a famine in the land. There was a difficult situation coming for this widow woman and her son. And God took care of them. God met their needs in a miraculous way. And we're going to read about that today. Go to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. And we're going, to, we're going to learn all about this widow woman. I'm going to talk to you today about some wise words from a widow woman. Wise words. What would she tell us today? We're going to read all about the story. We'll read through this account. But if she stood here, I'd think about that sit-down session with my mom in her living room and wise words that she gives to me. Some of those things that she has received from God and now given to me. The wisdom that my mom has. What would this woman say? This wise woman, as she would sit down with us, remembering, recalling all the experiences. And there were some amazing experiences here. That we're about to read about. God does some amazing work. Isn't it wonderful to be reminded in those difficult times, in the valley, when you're struggling, you're going through the trials and the tribulations of life. Isn't it wonderful to be reminded that there is a God there who loves you, who is there to take care of you. He's there to meet your needs. He knows exactly what we need and when we need it. Let's read about it. 1 Kings 17, 
And I'm going to read it, start in verse number 8, down through the end of the chapter. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of the sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, Neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And it came to pass after these things, that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was, sore, was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance, and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came into him, into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this, I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. <coughs> Lord, we need you. Lord, we love you. And we come to you today with a thankful heart, thankful for all of the moms in the room. Lord, for their faithfulness, their hard work, years and years of dedication. Lord, we thank you now for this book, the Bible for the many truths that we find within, for the example of this woman that we'll learn about today. Lord, I pray that you be with me and you give me the words to say. Do a work in my heart and my life. Father, for each of us that is here under the sound of this voice, Lord, as we, as we dig into this book, the Bible, your word, Father, that we leave having changed for the better, for the good. Lord, we need you and we love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Some wise words, wise words from this widow woman. What would she say? Can you imagine this? 
this experience, what she has gone through, assuming that she was about to eat her final meal, preparing, getting ready, just gathering some sticks, preparing the final meal. Me and my son, we're going to eat this meal, and then we'll die. This is it. This is the end. This is all I have. And some man walks up and says, hey, the supplies you have, that right there, I need to eat. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Can you imagine the look that she gave? Yeah. It's a famine. We're all hungry. We're all thirsty. What I want you to do is prepare that meal, and I want you to bring it to me so I can eat it first. Then you can eat. Well, that's pretty selfish, right? But she did it nonetheless. And can you imagine? Can you imagine the first time I think about it as I'm right there in the kitchen watching as she prepares this final meal? They eat. Well, this is it. And then the next time they walk into the kitchen and there that barrel is full once again, ready for the next meal. They eat that meal. Good, a good meal. They come back to the kitchen the next time. Open that barrel up. There it is. It's full again. Oh, it did not fail, it said. In the Bible, it did not fail. And let me tell you today, this God that we serve, the God that we're talking about today, the God that we came to worship and praise today will not fail. He will not fail you. You don't understand what I'm going through, Brother Josh. You don't understand the difficulties that I'm facing. He will not fail. Oh, it's easy for the preacher to stand up on the stage and use those words. But unless you have experienced this God in the valley, in the difficulties, this God that does not fail, it will not mean the same thing to you. I've been there. And I'm sure there are many in this room right now that have been there. You know, not because a preacher says so, but because you have experienced a God that does not fail. Our God does not fail. Wise words from a widow woman. What does she say? Verse number 12. Let's look at verse number 12. And she said, three times, three times in this chapter, does she actually speak? Three times in verse number 12. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. Behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in. And dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. This is it. This is the end. This is all I got. You know that's when Jesus, that's where Jesus wants you to be today. That's exactly where God wants you to be. Where you get to the point, where you get to the place, your hands are in there. You say, this is it. This is all I have. I'm done. I can go no further on my own. I need you, God. That's where he wants you to be. Many times we go through life in our strength, in our own abilities, the wisdom that we have gathered throughout the years. 
and we have the ability to go on. That's not where God wants you today. God, I need you. I don't know where to go. I don't know which way to turn. I need you. That's where God wants you. What would she say? Number one, give your possessions to the Lord. Give your possessions to the Lord. Oh, I've been there. Maybe you've been there. I've gone door knocking. I'll knock on a door and I'll ask if they know for sure they're on their way to heaven. And I've had this happen before. I say, if you were to die today, do you know for sure, 100%, without a doubt, you're on your way to heaven? And I've had some say, no, no, I don't know. Would you like to know? If you could know, wouldn't that be great news? And most often it's, yeah, that, that, that would be good news. But I've had this happen before, and maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've been there before. No, I, I don't want to know right now. Because there are some things I would have to give up. There are some things in my life that I know I would have to get rid of if I'm going to come to Jesus. Now we know coming to Jesus is very simple. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No, it's not by works. It's nothing that I do that will get me to heaven. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That Jesus, Jesus, the only way, only way to heaven. But you know what? Unfortunately, there are some things in our lives. Perhaps you're not saved today. Perhaps you've never put your trust, your faith, your belief in this one Jesus. And you know where the Bible says you're headed? You're on your way to a place called the lake of fire. Is there something keeping you from God? Something in your life, a possession, something that you own, something that you think you should have. Maybe you're not living the life that you ought to live today. You say, there was a time when I called and asked Jesus to save me from my sins. But I'm not living the life I ought to live today because there is something in the way. That widow woman would say, get rid of it. Get rid of it. You don't need it. You don't need that brand new car. You don't need that new house. Forget that dollar bill. It's not worth it because I serve a God that does not fail. That money, it will fail you. That new car, oh, it's nice. It will fail you. It will someday driving down the road. It's going to fail you someday. I need this new house. I need this new car. Oh, those friends. I love those friends. They're so good. We have so much fun together. Are they keeping you from Jesus? Give your possessions to the Lord. Let's look down in verse 18. Verse number 18. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? Listen, she gave her possessions to God. That's what she would charge us to do. Give your possessions to God. And did it all work out for her? Did it work out in the end? Did she have the meal? Did she have the food? Was it supplied? As Elijah said it would? Yes, absolutely. But something happened. Not long after, her son, who was about to die of starvation, fell sick, 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 so sick that he died. 
Oh, she had all the food that she needed, as was promised. But her son still died. And in verse 18, where does she go? Immediately. She would say, number one, give your possessions to the Lord. Number two, she'd say, looking back, she would say, give your past to the Lord. Give your past to the Lord. Oh, how sad. How sad it is. How frustrating it is to every time a difficulty comes our way to have to look over our shoulder and think to ourselves, this is my fault. This is my fault because of my lifestyle, because of my actions. Give your past. We talk about it all the time. And you know what? That's an easy thing for me to say as a preacher standing before you today. Oh, you're struggling with your past? You can't get past something? Just get over it. And everyone looks and says, great, that, that, that sounds wonderful. Here I am. Here I am. I can't get over it. I can't get past it. Let me tell you this. If you are ever going to get over your past, if you're going to get over the wickedness, the trials, the tribulation, whatever it is from your past that is holding you back, you must get right in the present today. You know why we live guilty lives? Why we always have to look over our shoulder as this woman did? Oh, it's my fault. Oh, my son died. You, you, came, you came, Elijah, and now you kill my son because of something that I have done, because of my sins. Always looking over our shoulder. Today. Today you can be right. Today you can do right. You can't change what happened yesterday. You can't change what happened 10 years ago. You can't change what happened 20 years ago. But you... You can do something about today. You know why we can't get over our past? Because in our present, we still fail God. In the moment, right here, right now, there is something, perhaps one of those possessions, are holding us back. We're unwilling to give it to God, and therefore we are held captive, bound by our past, past failures, past mistakes. Give it to Jesus. Give your past to Jesus. Moving quick, because we have some things to give away today for our moms. Got to move quick. Give your possessions to the Lord. Number two, give your past. Don't let your past hold you back. Don't let it keep you from what God has for you today. Look at verse number 24. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God. And that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. This woman, she she came across some difficulties, some hard times. She would say today, sitting before us, wise words from a widow woman. Give your problems to the Lord. Give your problems to the Lord. You got something in your life right now that's bigger than you are? It's holding you back. It's frustrating you. Listen, this thing, this thing that you're thinking about when you go to bed at night, the thing you are thinking about when you wake up in the morning, there are problems. Let's not pretend that we live perfect lives and that there are no issues. There's nothing in our lives that's bringing us hardship. 
Nothing that's holding us back. Nothing that's frustrating. No, there's something. There's something. You know what it is. Maybe you've never, you, you have told no one about it. But Jesus knows. Give that problem to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. I'm talking about a God that does not fail. You know what? There are multiple problems in our lives. And let me stop right here for sake of time. I'll go right to it. You know what? There are spiritual battles that take place. There are spiritual problems. Perhaps you're saved today. And you're still faced with, forced to deal with these problems. That problem in your heart, in your life. But there is a bigger problem than a physical ailment. There is a bigger, bigger problem that we read about in Scripture. Bigger than starvation or sickness. It's this. Sin. Sin. We're all faced with it. I love my baby daughter. That little girl, Macy. Little baby Macy. And you know what? She's gotten to, to the point now where she laughs and she smiles and she has the cutest laugh and she just drives me crazy. I can't take it. You know, even that cute little baby, down deep, it's my fault, Phil, there is sin. Sin. In that precious little baby. And you can track it. You can trace it all the way back to Adam there in the Garden of Eden. Sin. And listen, perhaps you haven't dealt with that sin today. There is a God who does not fail. There is a God who loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son to die. To die for you. To take those sins away. But God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I read about, excuse me, I heard this illustration given, and I loved it. I'm going to use it today. There was a, a young man, well-dressed, very well put together. And there he came, walking down the street with his entourage, a group of people gathered about, making his way up to Buckingham Palace. Oh, man. You, see those, you ever see those guards there? They stand there at attention at the gate, at the door, you can't get them to crack a smile. They're serious as all get out. You've seen them before. I've seen them on commercials. I've seen them on TV. I'd love to go try to make one of them laugh. Just do something. They're so, so serious. As he's walking up the steps with that group of people, he sees in the corner a little boy crying up against the palace walls. Moved with compassion, he went over to the little boy and asked him, what's wrong? What's going on? Curled up in a little ball, crying his eyes out. I walked for miles. All I wanted to do was see the king. I walked for miles. And I walked over to that garden. He said, the king doesn't want to see dirty little boys like you. Get out of here. So I tried the door on the other side. And he said the same thing. I walked for miles and I'm not even going to get to see the king. As that young man, well-dressed, put together... As he knelt down, he said, come here. You come with me. Come with me. I, we'll get in and we'll see the king. You really think we could? You think we could? I think so. And there he stood up. He said, you hold my hand. You go where I go. Let's go. 
And they walked over to that same guard that wouldn't crack a smile. The same guard that said, ah, we don't want little stinky, smelly boys like you. You're not getting in to see the king. You're a nobody. You're nothing. That same guard stands at attention and allows that man and that little boy to walk right on through. What the little boy didn't know was he was holding the hand of the Prince of Wales, the king's son. The king's son. Through the son, you can get to the father. Only through the son, you can get to the father. Oh, and I was moved with compassion as I thought about that story, as I thought about that little boy. But I thought about me, that little worthless nobody, nothing, had no hope, no chance of ever getting to see Jesus, never getting to heaven to see my heavenly father. No hope, no chance, not happening. And Jesus reached out his hand for me. Jesus reached out his hand for me. Who am I? What am I? I am a nothing. I am a nobody. I am a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us, every one of you sitting before me today is a sinner. Not because I said so, but because God said so. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned. I had in in and of myself no hope of getting to heaven. And you sitting here today, in and of yourself, have no hope. You have no hope to get to heaven. But through Jesus. Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Give your possessions to Jesus today. It's time we give our past to Jesus That problem, that problem, that that sin problem that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve there in the Garden of Eden, it's time to give it to Jesus. What must I do? I want to get to heaven. I want to know for sure I'm on my way to heaven. What must I do to be saved? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All you must do in is ask. Call and ask Jesus. He will save you today. Do you know for sure? If something were to happen today, I think about it all the time. I drove for, for 12 hours yesterday, coming back from Hilton Head, South Carolina. And as you drive down the highway, those trucks are flying. They are flying. Think about those big 18-wheelers just barreling down the highway. 70, 75 miles an hour. To think of the destruction, devastation. And I've seen a few wrecks in my day. I've seen what happens when they, you you see them start to swerve. And I saw that a couple times on the way home. They start to swerve. You think they're tired. Like, just pull over and sleep, please. You're going to kill somebody. You're going to kill yourself. I've seen it. You know what? It may happen today on the way home. You don't know. On the way home, you say, I don't know for sure I'm on my, on my way to heaven. I, I'll come back tonight or, or, or I'll deal with it next week. You don't know what's going to happen on the way home. Boom, done, over. You get one chance. That's right now. You can do something about it right here, right now. 
I believe with all of my heart that there is someone in this room that does not know for sure they're on their way to heaven. And today is the day. You can get to heaven. You don't have to worry about an eternity in a place called the lake of fire. You can see Jesus and you can take care of it today. Father, we come to you. Lord, we love you.